Hello, and welcome to Science Matters, the podcast of the Georgia Tech College of Sciences. I'm Renee San Miguel. When it comes to the substances inside your body, nothing works harder than protein. Your body contains millions and millions of tiny protein molecules. They're made of chains of amino acids, and they perform many functions. They form structure and support for cells. They transport smaller molecules throughout our bodies. As antibodies, they seek out viruses and other invaders. As hormones, they trigger processes in tissues and organs. As enzymes, they digest our food. They help our eyes see, and our brains analyze data. Proteins do all that when everything works right. When proteins misbehave, bad things can happen. That's when they draw the attention of Georgia Tech professor Raquel Lieberman of the School of Chemistry and Biochemistry. Her work on a protein associated with an inherited early-onset form of glaucoma has yielded valuable data that is helping us learn more about this disease. Her work includes the first 3D graphic representation of this particular protein. The fact that this type of glaucoma can affect younger people, including children, not the usual patients for the disease, is also driving her research. Our lab is interested in a category of diseases called protein misfolding disorders, and that includes diseases like Alzheimer's and uh, glaucoma. Um, proteins are the worker molecules in your body that help it accomplish all of the tasks that it needs to survive. And there are very um, complicated mechanisms that make sure that only correct proteins get to do the job that they need to. And so we're interested in what happens when your body makes the wrong protein and why it causes disease. That was Lieberman in 2010, when she received a Pew Scholar Award in Biomedical Science, a four-year grant to support her research into protein misfolding. She's won more funding grants since then, thanks to her work on glaucoma, the second leading cause of blindness, according to the World Health Organization. Before we get to Lieberman's lab work today, Let's talk more about protein folding. When everything is right, proteins fold into three-dimensional shapes that correspond to their specific function in your body. When they encounter a problem getting into the right shape, other proteins can help to make sure they transform properly. But when a protein still doesn't get to that proper three-dimensional shape, that's when neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cystic fibrosis, and glaucoma can develop. Here's Lieberman explaining more about this process in late 2018 in her office in the Parker H. Pettit Institute for Bioengineering and Bioscience. So your cells are constantly making new molecules and getting rid of old ones. Um, That's called homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And there are genetic mutations that are encoded in your DNA that will prevent a protein from adopting its correct structure. And when that happens, there's a whole suite of other molecules in the cell that detect that defect and triage it and say, Get, let's, let's recycle this, this is not gonna work. Um, in addition, as cells and our bodies get older, the machinery to maintain homeostasis doesn't work as well. And so even without a mutation, you can get some accumulation of proteins that are not quite folded right, even though they, in principle, should be able to fold correctly. And so that causes cell stress. And that is something that affects many different kinds of diseases. 
age onset diseases like Alzheimer's, for example. Lieberman focused on protein misfolding during her postdoctoral studies at Harvard Medical School and Brandeis University starting in 2005. She was already deep into Alzheimer's research when she learned about myosilin, a protein that may hold clues to glaucoma's causes and treatment. In the course of the two and a half years that I was there, I learned a lot about protein misfolding and how proteins can aggregate and those aggregates can be toxic to neurons and can cause Alzheimer's disease. Um, and I also had a side project where I was collaborating with some folks in industry. And I was kind of looking for a new project that I would begin when I started my career that was really just different from mm -hmm. anything I had seen before. And this collaborator in industry said, hey, have you seen these few papers on this protein called myosilin? He said, I think you might have the expertise that, you know, maybe you could offer something to this mm -hmm. project. So I read there were probably only 10 or so papers at the time. And I said, you know, I think I can make an impact here. Mm -hmm. And this could be extremely interesting applying what I had learned about Alzheimer disease research to this new system that seemed to have a lot of potential to have parallels with this other very well-established field. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I applied for some seed grants and actually I got them. I was able to get the project started, show that I had something interesting to share mm -hmm. and a new perspective. And you know, here I am sitting like 11 years later, still working on the same project. In glaucomas, mutant myosilin proteins slowly gunk up drainage pathways between the iris and cornea, causing increased pressure on the eye. The most common kind is open-angle glaucoma, when there is space between the iris and cornea so that clogging takes longer to develop. In closed-angle glaucomas, there isn't as much space, which can mean faster clogging and a sudden change in eyeball pressure. In addition, misshapen proteins by themselves can damage or kill cells. That is, they are cytotoxic. As Lieberman continued her research, she learned just how prevalent and insidious glaucoma can be. Glaucoma affects 4% of the population over 40. Mm -hmm. Okay, So if you get glaucoma at an early, younger than 40, that's called early onset. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners who are perhaps thinking that they're nearing an old age. Sure. They are probably not. Um, and it affects 70 million people worldwide, mm. including one to three million children who have defects in this protein that we study. That's a huge number of, of kids who are ultimately, ha you know, either taking drugs to control their eye pressure in the hopes that they won't get blind before they're, they reach old age or... Mm -hmm. Um, or otherwise, you know, become going blind. Mm -hmm. And glaucoma is actually a collection of eye diseases that have a particular, I don't know, uh, medical definition. So anyone who has gone to the eye doctor knows that the eye doctor checks for pressure and they mm -hmm. also look at the back of your eye and that's because they're trying to understand kind of what your baseline is so that if your pressure goes up or if something looks a little funny in the back of your eye and your retina that, or the optic nerve, um, that maybe you're developing symptoms of glaucoma. But there's no like silver bullet or like a diagnostic that says for sure you have this disease. When the optometrist shoots a puff of air into your eye? Yes. Is that the glaucoma test? Or is that a glaucoma test? Yes, so that's where they're testing your eye pressure. Um, and elevated pressure in your eye is like a major 
a risk factor for developing glaucoma. And then it's a weird thing because what does pressure in the front part of your eye have anything to do with your retina degenerating, right? Losing your vision in mm -hmm. the back of your eye. Nobody really knows the answer to that question, but okay. there is a very close connection between those two. So the mm -hmm. protein we study, myosillin, in the inherited form of open angle glaucoma, it has a, one of many genetic mutations. And that causes that protein to not form its correct shape, and that is cytotoxic to cells that are supposed to be helping maintain your eye pressure for the, your entire life. So once those cells are dead, that's it. That's you're not making any more. You're not making any more. Um, and that this this um, part of the eye, it's called trabecular meshwork, is. Um, is in the front part of your eye. It's actually kind of close to the part of the eye that holds your lens in place. Mm -hmm. And it's allowing fluid to drain out. So I don't, you may, many listeners may not know this, that there are no blood vessels inside your eye. Mm -hmm. So how are all the parts of your eye supposed to get the nutrients that they need? Well, it's through these, these fluids, this aqueous humor um, and vitreous humor mm -hmm. in the two parts of your eye. And so you're, there are cells that are making the nourishing fluid, and then there's a tissue that drains it all out. And so it's like a sieve. And if you gunk up or otherwise can't maintain the meshwork, this trabecular meshwork that's letting fluid out, then it's going to you know, build up. It's that mutant misfolded myocillin that aggregates or builds up within the eye fluids, causing the pressure to build. Lieberman says this is why getting your eyeball pressure tested during eye exams is crucial for early detection, so special eye drops can be prescribed. So the earlier you can get diagnosed for elevated intraocular pressure, the better, because you can, if you can control your pressure, then you can delay the onset of losing your vision in the back of your eye. Um, but these drugs oftentimes don't work forever. Mm -hmm. So there are some other options. You can surgically poke a hole. Mm -hmm. um, so that will obviously improve the drainage. Yeah. Um, but there's a significant number of people who go blind even with all these treatments. Okay. And of course, as people are living longer, you want all, as many senses as possible to be Absolutely. working well. What's going on on the molecular scale to see how you might be able to treat this or how you might be able to alleviate symptoms? Right. Uh, well, so the symptoms right now are controlled by basically the same drugs that control blood pressure. Okay. It, they work the same way. Mm -hmm. And that was how some of these original drugs were discovered, actually. Okay. Um, there are a lot of people who are interested in drugs that both help control the pressure and also protect neurons, so it would protect the retina against degeneration. Um, when we're, our work on myosillin is really pretty focused on this heritable form of glaucoma in children, and that's because there's a very clear genetic connection. As we've said, shape is everything when it comes to proteins. A misfolded protein in the wrong three-dimensional form can cause these neurodegenerative diseases such as glaucoma. In late 2017, Lieberman's team announced it had discovered the shape of the myosillin protein that causes the hereditary glaucoma she studies. It was a surprising shape, one that researchers rarely see exhibited by proteins. Usually, X marks the spot, 
but not when Lieberman and her team were able to reproduce the mutant protein in their lab. What we like to study in our lab is protein structure and function, if we can, and then dysfunction, like what happens when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing that we did was we made the protein in our lab. Just actually just the part that had most of the mutations that are associated with disease. And to our surprise, we could make it, right? It wasn't obvious that a protein that is prone to not adopt the right, correct fold would be amenable to this kind of experiment in vitro. Mm -hmm. But it was. And from there, we were able to introduce the mutations that are found in families throughout the world and show that there's a pretty systematic chemical defect that is associated with the mutant forms of the protein. And then we decided to test the hypothesis that there really was a connection between Alzheimer aggregation and this protein's aggregation, and that turned out to be true. And that can explain a lot of things like cytotoxicity, right? Why is it that the cell can't handle this mutant protein, right? And helps us understand better kind of at a molecular level what might be going on, or at least give us some inspiration for other kinds of experiments from these other fields to um, to, the, to adopt to this, to this system. Mm -hmm. um, and so then from there, we kind of branched out, and this protein is kind of big, and so we kind of went from the part that has the strongest association to glaucoma to then looking at the whole thing, and that's where we discovered that it has a very weird shape. Um, it has a kind of a Y shape. Yeah. And we don't know of any other Y-shaped proteins <laughs> um, made from a single gene, uh, antibodies are actually Y-shaped, but those are made from different genes. Like mm -hmm. there are different independent pieces of polypeptide that come together. This is all from the same thing. <laughs> for 20 years, we have known that this protein causes glaucoma. And for 20 years, nobody has been able to figure out what this protein is doing when it's not causing trouble. And if it were easy, somebody would have figured it out. Mm -hmm. But the Y-shape gives us a clue because it's almost like it's a spacer. The Y shape is like a spacer. So you have to have, you know, paired on either side. Maybe they're reaching in some ways. Like if you think of your body as being the stem and then your mm -hmm. arms are the dimer, maybe you're reaching for two different parts. Um, and we know from other similar families of proteins that they are probably holding on to different parts of things that they can reach. And so we're just trying to figure out now what the what it's reaching for okay. but that's a it's a big mons that's a big mountain to climb but it's a good clue it is a good clue i think it's a good clue yeah. there's a lot of precedent for trying to understand the inherited form of this of the disease first and then branching out kind of what we're doing here right mm -hmm. where we have studied the mutated form okay now we have the structure this y-shaped structure that's leading us in these other directions that could help um, more broadly Lieberman uses X-ray crystallography to form accurate 3D models of her mutant myosilin proteins. Her team also relies on nuclear magnetic resonance imaging to look at the tiny fibrils that sprout from mutant proteins, making them clog up the eye's drainage systems. The ultimate goal is to find some chemical, some kind of way to, to fix the protein that mm -hmm. is dysfunctional in the eye. Is, I mean, is that possible? Is that doable? I won't ask for a time frame, but is this something that, that we can get to eventually? We think we've made a lot of progress in that direction. 
Uh, one thing we haven't really talked about is uh, that we know a little bit more about in the cell when mutant myosillin is aggregating, who is trying to help myosillin and failing to do so. And it turns out that if you can block this key interaction with a molecular chaperone part of the cellular homeostasis network, mm -hmm. you can degrade the mutant myosillin. Um, and it's actually better to not have myosillin around at all than to have the mutant form aggregating. And this is, this is still, there aren't that many examples, but there are a few examples of people who don't have this protein at all, and they don't have glaucoma. And so the idea is that you don't really need myosillin at all to kind of live a happy life. And so maybe if you could just get rid of this protein, that would be good enough. The other way is we have thought about um, would be to clear the aggregates. So you can imagine having some sort of reagent like an antibody that would capture the aggregates and help them get digested or broken down a different way. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little bit pie in the sky. The chemistry of the sh molecular chaperones inhibiting, that's, that's already been shown to work in mice. Okay. So we're pretty excited about that route. What are you going to focus on in 2019? What's, uh, in terms of glaucoma and these proteins, uh, where will you be focusing your studies? The trabecular meshwork, the little sieve that mm. re helps the aqueous humor fluid drain, that's a key disease tissue in all types of glaucoma. And so we think that in addition to this myosillin-associated glaucoma route with the inhibitors and the chemistry and the amyloid and everything, we have a lot to offer in understanding the physiology of the trabecular meshwork by understanding what myosillin is doing there when it's not causing trouble, when it's properly folded and holding onto whatever it's trying to hold onto, what are those things and you know, what happens over time, yeah. and then developing the reagents that hopefully people will be able to use to better understand the system, this trabecular meshwork in general. And then maybe that will open up some new avenues for glaucoma that's caused by any number of other factors besides just this particular protein. Okay. And we're working really hard on that right I'll now. Bet. I'll bet. This disease affects a lot of people. Um, and one to three million children worldwide is a large population. And I always believe that children are our future and we want them to be as healthy as possible. In addition to her research, Lieberman is also in the middle of a three-year term as an academic editor of the Public Library of Science, or PLOS, biology publication. It's a highly regarded journal that spotlights innovation in biological sciences. My thanks to Raquel Lieberman, professor in the School of Chemistry and Biochemistry. She's also a member of Georgia Tech's Parker H. Pettit Institute for Bioengineering and Bioscience. Her research at Georgia Tech has been funded by the National Institutes of Health, the National Science Foundation, and the Department of Energy's Office of Science. Cyan Joe, a former research associate with the School of Psychology, composed our theme music. If you like listening to Science Matters, feel free to subscribe. We are on Apple and SoundCloud. You've been listening to Science Matters, the podcast of the Georgia Tech College of Sciences. I'm Renee San Miguel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.